0: Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Call podcast. I'm your host, Joel Webb. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to thank the sponsor for this show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church, where I have the pleasure of serving. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. I also want to shout out, they're not a sponsor, but I'm going to plug in Hemans Free Methodist Camp. It's actually where we're recording this episode right now. I have the uh, honor of being here for their family camp. They host their family camp the last week of June, every single year. It's just a great time of fun and learning, full of activities for kids and teens, but also uh, gospel-centered messages and and worship times as well in the the evening. So if you're looking for a good time, if you're in eastern Michigan or you want to travel a little bit, check out Heman's Free Methodist Camp. You can find him on Facebook. Well, today I'm very uh, honored and have uh, the pleasure of introducing Becca, who is associated with the Free Methodist Church as a a seminary teacher and and as a pastor as well, and I just want to
1: welcome Becca onto the podcast. Hello. Well, um I was uh I, I I was brought into the gospel um on the East Coast and uh after college we moved to the West Coast. Um On the East Coast, I was involved in a church that wouldn't let women teach in the Sunday school class because they were women. Um, Something about the Bible says women shouldn't teach or something like that, and it was really difficult and I changed churches and worked with the youth in a church and then moved across the states and um, was in a church that was of the same ilk and um, did some youth youth. Um, work in that church and then found myself by several odd sort of circumstances going to a free methodist church and uh, in this free methodist church mm, it was different Uh, the pastor used this overhead projector one of those things that look a little bit like a an elephant on a stick that put, put put pictures up on the on the screen it's like wow this this pastor, he gives you the outline of his sermon before he preaches it, and I was really impressed, so I stayed on in that church. Um, I uh, There are two or three things that were simultaneously happening, not in the same week, but just over a thread of maybe three or four months, maybe half a year or so, um, we had... Um, missionaries come through the church and uh, speak to us and then we had a missions team that went over to England that was going over to England and I I made a made a suggestion that I would be I would enjoy going and I did I went over and uh and uh helped them do some of the building I'm, my my father was a builder and and uh so I like I like construction I did the roofing anyway um and move some big stones. But uh, that was sort of my introduction to doing ministry um, over somewhere else. And going to England was ministry. My family said, what, you're going to go to England for, for fun and ask me for money? <laughs> you know, but, but I recognized that it was, it was going to do something for somebody because they couldn't do it for themselves. Then these missionaries that were coming through, we had we had maybe two or three or four missionaries come through within the within maybe two years' time of my there my time there at uh, at this Free Methodist Church, and um, it was different from the other churches because the other churches there were these pictures, cute little framed pictures of. Um, of, of a lady and a gentleman in their best Sunday suits on the wall, and so and so James, um, S- James Smith, Mr. and Mrs. James Smith in Nigeria, or or um, Mr. and Mrs. James Smith in in uh, in India, or something like that, and uh, so in that church they had these Sunday it's it's, uh, missions Sundays and you had this missions offering or whatever. Free Methodist Church was different. Um, The missionaries came to our churches you could touch them (laughs) Um, and I had the pleasure of driving one of the missionaries over the mountains to um, the other side of the mountains to a church appointment over there through a snowstorm and we had lots of time to talk and and uh, there's something real about missions so I think two things were happening to to, in my own mind was that um, God could use me there was this whole issue of being in ministry and there's this whole thing about missions which is sort of like doing it over there in a place that was unfamiliar to you here So um, my call to ministry most distinctly was probably when this missionary couple from Central Africa shared about their ministry, um, their medical ministry, lions and tigers and gorillas (laughs) gorillas <laughs> it was something over there very other and uh, I don't remember much about what they were talking about except it was a medical missionary medical work there in, in central Africa but they left us with two two questions and the two questions at the end of the, uh, the their sharing was if you love the Lord Jesus Christ would you be willing to go wherever he asked you to go would you be willing to do whatever he asked you to do and so I found myself kneeling at the altar, almost against my will. But I, I was moved to go forward and, and to to lay it right there on the altar. Sort of an old-fashioned way of, of talking about it, but laying it right there on the altar and, and answering the question, would I be willing to go where he asked me to go? Would I be willing what, to do what he asked me to do? The thing that astounded me was that I had been a Christian for over 10 years and being a good christian being um in church on sunday and uh, going to the prayer meetings and uh, uh, the choir being in the choir and uh, basically being at church whenever the doors were open and and being nice and and uh, not being mean to meet people and you know that's that was that was my concept of being christian um based on what i saw in other people and here were these two questions are you willing to go where God wants you to go? God wants me to do something specific. It was an astounding idea. God wants me to go somewhere. God wants me to do something. And um I knelt at the altar and I said yes. I think that's that's the epitome of, of or 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 the 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 point where I'd say I answered a call. It was as just that yes that I laid on the altar that night.
0: So, from from that answering then of of that call, where where has that journey taken you? Where has Preparation, it education, experiences. Ex- okay.
1: Um, um. Well, one of the missionaries that came through was a nurse in central in one of our Central African. Was it Wakavu? Um, one of our hospitals and she talked about um, how in their nursing they really had a need for people who were um, trained in birth in, in uh, because that's one of the issues that I often have with women is women who are having a difficult birth at home will come into the clinic and at that point in time having been a shepherd <laughs> taking care of sheep and goats and one of my very favorite times of the of the year is the lambing and the kidding when you goats have kids right um the kidding and the lambing um and i i just love birth and and i was at the same at about that time there's lots of things going on but i was i was shepherding i was taking care of lamb and goats i was uh shearing sheep for a living um and uh this the whole thing about birth it just caught my attention and I thought oh I could do nursing I could get training as as an as a as a birthing nurse and go to Central Africa so I knew that I wasn't gonna get anywhere in the states because I didn't have any medical background I didn't graduate from high school um I made it through college on God's grace. (laughs) Um, I didn't do well with any of my grades. Um, And so trying to get into a nursing school, I didn't have the medical background that you would need in order to get a nursing school here in the States. So I I wrote 40 letters to England because they had practical, practical um, um, midwifery classes. And so I wrote these 40 letters and I kept, I started getting answers. I'm sorry, you're not qualified. I'm sorry, we don't have the program anymore. I'm sorry, I got 40 no's. It was crushing. So my, my uh, desire, my, my thought, or my plan of being a midwife was just, and I kind of sort of gave up um, thinking, okay, God doesn't, doesn't want to use me. Um, went on a couple, three more years, Um, and uh, I'm I'm trying to put the, put the pieces together here, Um, somehow I had this idea that maybe I could go back to school, seminary, I mean, that's what, that you do after college, right, and so I applied and uh, was accepted, but couldn't go because I didn't have enough money even for even for the the housing now that was the ki- that was the issue I, I I couldn't pay for my housing making a uh, shearing sheep for a living wasn't making very much money <laughs> to put in the bank and so I was accepted but I had to turn it down um a year later I was at a family camp something like this but on the other side of the other side of the uh, country and um, I was in a meeting and the speaker was speaking and I don't remember what he was saying but there was a word in my ear or a thought in my heart or whatever it was but it was thunderous and it said you're going to seminary this fall I said what we tried that and we (laughs) didn't have any money do you remember my instant response to that voice in me And he said, trust me. I got up out of my seat and I spoke to a couple of pastors and I said, God just told me. I wasn't used to saying those words, but God just told me I'm going to seminary. So my initial thought was just to reapply to the school that I was already accepted to, believing that if God was telling me to go to seminary, then he'd sort of supply. And one of the pastors said, don't leave us. We don't want you to leave the conference. Go to the school that's in, in, uh, in the major city here. Um, we have free Methodists in school there. And so I actually went for three years, two degrees, two master's degrees there at the seminary. And finishing seminary, um, knowing that I was getting close to the end, um, I wrote a letter to the Free Methodist Church and I said to them, um, I understand that you want two years of volunteers in service abroad, what they call the visa program, it's their short-term mission. You you want two years of, of visa service, before you'll consider somebody for full, for for career missions, and uh, and so I wrote this letter, and they said, "Oh yeah, we'd love to have you go somewhere somewhere as an English teacher," and I said, "English teacher? I've got three years of seminary, and you want me to go as an English teacher?" Well. But, you know, it was, it just bothered me. I had an opportunity to have an audience with the bishop who was coming through to speak to individually. He had interviews with each of the Free Methodist Seminary students. Um, I talked to him about my wanting to go as a full, he had been a missionary, and uh, I think to Africa. And uh, and he said, well, write a letter to these five people. And in the end... Um, I wound up going to uh Taiwan for two and a half years as a uh, Hebrew teacher which was my desire. It was not my choice but that's the way it worked out.
0: Hmm. And so you know seems like at various points the, the death of a vision and then well, the revival of a vision and the death of a vision and a I wouldn't say revival. revival or the the bringing the death back of, or the, the new death
1: vision. of The death of the death of a vision and the uh the uh Heavenly adjustment of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of the vision. Yeah, that's a better way The to... The, the, the re, reformatting of the vision. The vision that I wanted to be available to God, but I wanted him to mm-hmm. do it my way.
2: Mm.
1: And every time I put up a fight against it not being my way, uh, he would crush it. Mm. And uh, come back with, well, what about this? And mm. um, I learned quickly that uh, you don't fight God. Mm-hmm. So... The first time that that visa, um, going out on visa, uh, my heart was going to Africa from the mm-hmm. very beginning. Going to going to seminary was for going to Africa, mm-hmm. and so um, I was. I had a couple of responses to those five letters that I sent out, and the two from Africa are the ones that I was looking for. Um, that I was that I was planning on mm-hmm. one of the two. I was I was vacillating between the two, and uh, this note came through that said that Taiwan was making a a serious invitation for me to come, <laughs> and I had this this fit mm-hmm. <laughs> of resistance hmm. uh, that that uh, I, I I said to God, No, I will not go to Taiwan. I will I I will go anywhere in the world except Taiwan. Mm. I came to the end of three three days in the woods throwing, throwing dust in the air and banging my head against tree trunks uh, and came to the end of those three days and saying, God, I've got to have peace. And he said, well, do you remember that day that you knelt at the altar and said, yes. Hmm. Are you willing to go where I want you to go? Or are you willing to do what I want you to do? God, I'll go anywhere except Taiwan, but I've got to have peace. And he says, well, what was your answer that night? Hmm. And he brought me back to the answer that I had already given him in a yes. And you don't change your answer with God. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, only two years. I wound up in the end staying for two and a half. Mm-hmm. But you learn you don't fight God. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'll he'll push the point. Um, and, you know, he... But he was gentle about it. Um, he let me throw dust in the air Mm -hmm. he didn't he didn't crush that part of it but finding that um, as as I have walked with the Lord that that those two questions keep coming back to me and they're always reminding me that it's not my choices that according to what I like or what I want Mm -hmm. it's a matter of what he Mm -hmm. wants Mm -hmm. but he'll let me do it As I am willing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes, yeah,
0: Yeah. So the the two and a half years on that program in Taiwan, and then uh, where has uh, some of your experiences and ministry been uh, from that point?
1: Um, I was back in the states for a while. I went back to my semin the seminary, my alma mater, at the seminary, and I worked for a while. And one of the talking to one of our professors, um, talking about the fact that I. really could see myself doing full-time ministry um, that the time the two and a half years in Taiwan had shown me that yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's where I want to be and I had applied to a to a university for a PhD and I was turned down and that was really really disappointing because that's that's where my two favorite teachers had studied and I really really wanted to go there and that didn't work out Mm. and so I'm sort of um, you know, the the school just said, I'm sorry, we, we're not interested in taking you on as a PhD candidate. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't quite sure what to do. There wasn't anywhere else that I wanted to go, anywhere else that I thought I could do. Mm-hmm. There weren't any programs that... It so one of my professors who had recently had, or one of the professors at the school, I don't think I actually sat in his classes because he came to the school just before I went to Taiwan for that two and a half years. And um, talking about uh, doing a PhD program, he says, why don't you go to England?
2: Hmm.
1: Go to England, how do you do that? <laughs> and so he suggested that C.K. Barrett was coming through to speak at the seminary at his invitation because C.K. Barrett was his mentor for hmm. his PhD. And uh, he said, well, when, when um, Professor Barrett comes... I'll arrange an interview. I'll arrange an appointment. And I met this absolutely incredible British gentleman. We talked for about an hour and a half. Hmm. Just talking. It was it was just a delightful talk. And at the end he said yes, I think you could do a Ph.D. In, in Britain, and I think you should get in touch with, and he gave me the name of a professor, and he told me where the professor was, and he said, write a letter to him and tell him that I'm, I'm making a recommendation that you work with him for a Ph.D. Hmm. And I did that, and I was accepted, and I went to England for five and a half <laughs> years and finished a Ph.D. Um, and then um, on my way back... From I, 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 towards the end of that writing, the thesis and so forth, I was in touch with the Free Methodist Church, um, uh, World Mission, um, and uh, talking to them about being appointed as a career missionary because I mm. still wanted to go. Um, that's why I did a PhD, right? So I could be a professor somewhere, um, and uh. And and so I I sent a I I, we, I sent letters and filled out forms and answered questions and did the personality tests and all the mm-hmm. stuff that goes into what they require of a of a career uh, career missionary and um, very close to the end of it they had never told me where they were going to send me so I asked the personnel director on the phone from England and where do you think where are you thinking of sending me because he hadn't said before and he answered me Taiwan of course I just fell apart Hmm. why of course Taiwan I didn't I'd been there done that not going back I'm not interested and he was in a bit of shock and I'm not quite sure why they decided, but they had already appointed me and they already had my mm. my, my basic, my job description already written out without even asking me where I wanted to go. Mm. Um, and um, it was, it's it, how to say, another time when I was pushed with the two questions, are you mm-hmm. willing to go where I want you to go, are you willing to do what I want you to do? Mm. And so I'm back in Taiwan.
0: Hmm. And so I'm guessing that there's a component that has to do with training and raising up ministry leaders, right. um, As part of the Free Methodist uh, mm-hmm. denomination, um, what does what does some of that look like, and and how are the interactions different in a context like that compared to a North American context?
1: Well, to back up a little bit, I did two master's degrees in seminary. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, I started the track for CMC mm-hmm. while I was in seminary, and um, before I went to England, I was ordained as an, as a deacon. At that point in time, the Free Methodist Church had a two-step ordination. So there was deacon, and then deacon for two or three years, and then you were ordained elder. And so I went to England ordained as a deacon. So while I was in England, I was working with a Chinese Free Methodist Church, I was on their t- preaching staff. and and uh, taught some classes for my professor, and so the whole um, process of learning how to work with a church as a pastor, because I was Mm -hmm. part of a pastoral team, rather than being the pastor, there were several pastors that would rotate for doing different ministries in that church. Um, So I took, I took those kinds of experiences with me when I went to Taiwan. So um, and I was ordained as an elder just before being commissioned as as a uh, as a career missionary. So, career missionary and ordain, ordain, ordination as an elder happened at the same time. Mm. And then I was in Taiwan. So, what do I do in terms of training? Mm. I think there's there's parts of where I do it formally mm-hmm. in such se- situation which is an educational institution where I'm working in a, te- in a seminary, mm-hmm. <coughs> and I teach Old Testament, um, teach Hebrew, and uh, Old Testament courses, book courses or 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 introduction courses as it would be. Mm-hmm. I've taught some other courses like writing, research, and writing or or. Uh, theological English or something like that, but my my main core is basically Old Testament. Um, And so those classes, depending on the year, some classes are 30 students, some classes are 5 students. Um, You know, the the second and third year student classes are usually smaller classes. The the entering class is usually bigger. So, um, that's in a formal situation where I have 15 weeks to get Mm -hmm. Get a course taught, <laughs> and then I have to get the grades in, grades mm-hmm. in, and then it's over again the next semester, and we're doing another course so that's uh, that's more, more in a formal situation. Um, informally, in the places where I feel like I blossom personally or'm or I'm, I'm, I'm personally involved personally personally uh, uh, yeah personally personally involved would be in the area of mentorship, mm-hmm. discipleship. Um when I was in when when before I went to seminary, and part of I believe part of the foundation that helped me to get through seminary was I started um, a navigator's um, discipleship course mm-hmm. um, and got through about three months of that, which includes weekly re- weekly uh, required meetings and in small group discussion on our Bible study part and memorizing scripture and following some of their directions about what ministry would mm. be for each week. It's the discipleship, the Navigator's Discipleship. Uh, what is it called? Two-seven. Mm. Um, is, is fairly, fairly um, how you want to say, structured. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I got through about three months of that and then I went to seminary and at the point in time that i was called to go to seminary my my discipleship leaders were being appointed to a church in the other direction so seminary was in direction one direction they were moving the other direction mm. and i just saw this this discipleship program that i had been in just sort of fall apart i it was sort of like who's going to who's going to mm. nurture me in my spiritual walk and so when i went to seminary i pursued finding another discipleship group so i could finish the program mm. Um, and then I, I led dis, the 2-7 dis, um, discipleship group, I think at least two years while mm. I was doing seminary. And so that was, that was probably um, in a non-formal educational situation was truly um, a foundation for the way I like to do ministry mm. in terms of walking with somebody through the process of from... Not knowing much to the point mm-hmm. where they could give. Hmm. Um, and so when I went to England to do research um, for those, well, I, let's see. Ah there was two two and a half years of visa then i went to england so those two and a half years in visa i found it i found some discipleship kind of sort of like those discipleship Mm. materials in chinese and so i led a discipleship Mm. group in my home Mm. based on what i had learned from the two seven Mm -hmm. um then i got to england for research and Dis- the Navigators two wasn't available there, um, but I realized probably within my first year being there that if I'm not leading somebody in discipleship, my own spiritual walk would take a dent hmm. because if I am responsible for somebody else's growth, I'm more consistent with nurturing my own spirit. Mm it's crucial Mm -hmm. when I'm not when I'm not nurturing somebody else I'm not nurturing myself hmm and so I found myself spiritually drying up because I was not doing discipleship Um, and I took a couple of months and I sat down one of my um, degrees in seminary was Christian education one of my favorite courses was writing curriculum so I took a couple of months, while I'm in England, this is years later after those courses in seminary, and I drew up a a, a discipleship course. I actually did a 10-week hmm. discipleship course of of what I would structure for each session as we met together for two and a half hours, and with the first week, the second week, all the way to the 10-week. and. And, and sat down and writ, wrote it up and I went to the church board that I was working with there in England and I said would you be interested in having me do a discipleship well the first time I made a mention of it they weren't interested then eventually I just decided I would, I would speak it out and anybody who wanted to come and I think I the first session that I did there in England I think I had maybe 10 people come to my mm. home and say yes we want to be a part of this so mm. I led discipleship Um, when I was appointed back to Taiwan, when I was appointed back to Taiwan as career, my first time was volunteer. So this is, I went to Taiwan for two and a half years. I'm, I've left Taiwan for seven years. Now I'm back in Taiwan as a career missionary. And one of the first things I did was to go back to that curriculum that I had set up in England. And I did it with, um, a group of, group of individuals there. I, there was a lad that had been coming to my house to take the two children that lived at my home, and the single mom, off to the park, and he would come back from the park with all these, these uh, questions, new, new Christian questions, and one day he said, well, how can, how can I really grow? And I said, one day, somebody will be able to take you through some discipleship, and you'll be able to be discipled week by week for some mm. of these answers, and he says, well, when is that going to happen? and my response was you bring me three people and we'll do it so that was like on a Sunday and a week and a half later he brought eight people hmm. um, I think six of them stayed on two of them dropped out and of those six five are now in full time ministry
2: hmm. wow
1: hmm. Um, and so my my I think I can look back over the years and see where my greatest spiritual growth and stability has been when I have mm. been nurturing somebody else. Mm. And when I'm not nurturing somebody else, I'm more likely to sort of float off mm. and forget to do my quiet time or things become busy or but when mm. I when I'm having to be an example to somebody <laughs> I'm more consistent hmm. <laughs> hmm. it's it's just honesty yeah. I,
0: I think that's something for all of us <laughs> to yeah. to remember that well there's a there's a Charles Spurgeon quote I love. He mm-hmm. talks about living in the Bible but reading many good books. Uh-huh. Uh, so what have been one or a couple of those good books that you yourself have enjoyed, um, whether personally or <clears throat> spiritually or theologically um, that that have stood out to you?
1: I would say rather than what books can I speak to which authors yes, I gravitate yep. to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I gravitate towards the practical, mm-hmm. um, and um, okay, I can I can do this in two veins. I think one book that was very healing for me um it's a book by don joy bonding Mm. he was a professor at um at asbury theological seminary and uh how how relationships are built um which is very important for me when i was going through healing because of my own personal background and coming through from a broken family Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so bonding was 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 healing and he's got a second book that follows up in that which is rebonding how to repair broken relationships so how relationships are built mm. how they should be built and how can, how they can be built healthily and then rebonding repairing broken relationships so that that would be and these are books that i would call sort of formational for mm-hmm. me in in my spiritual formation um and then authors like Lucado, um, Keller, mm-hmm. Yangtze. Is that how you spell it? Y-A-N-C-E-Y, Yangtze? I think so, Yangtze. yeah. 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 Um, partly because they are practical, but they're deep in theology. Mm-hmm. Um, they force you to, to look at the world through um, non-orthodox perspectives. Mm. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, some awesome recommendations, um, certainly more that I had to That's why I asked the question, mm-hmm. just to add more to my my to-read list. So, mm-hmm. well, Becca, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to sit down, share your your call, your mm-hmm. journey, and, and your passion for, for where God has placed mm-hmm. you, and uh, just taking some time to share that. Thank you. And I want to thank, again, the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church. We're an intentional community uh, reflecting Jesus to our world. And I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us on another episode of the Pastor's Call podcast. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, And we hope that you uh, have an opportunity to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. Share the episode with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your pastor. We'll see you on the next episode. God bless.